So the anointing of God fuels the fire of the Holy Spirit. And there are different ways God uses the anointing in our lives. So you might be anointed to play an instrument or to sing, like some of the people up here. Or you may even be anointed to help people on the streets, whether that be the homeless, feeding the homeless, reaching out for reaching people who can't be reached, like Haley does. Um, not necessarily evangelism. You might be anointed just to go out and bump into someone. And, and, and I remember one time, this isn't part of my message, but one time I was actually on a bus and there was a lady in a wheelchair and, I, and she said, I've got a problem with my heart. And I thought, I can't let this go. So I actually prayed for her. So I wasn't necessarily Bible bashing her. I think she was already saved. But anyway, so we can be anointed to, to help people on the streets. But for today's purpose, I want to speak mostly about the anointing of healing, um, which goes across the board. So there's no, any, anyone in the, I don't know, how to say that? How do I say it? No matter who you are, at some point in your life, you or maybe one of your family members will, are going to need healing or at some point or need a miracle. So when we're first saved, something dynamic happens. The person of the Holy Spirit comes to live in our spirit. So if you haven't heard that before, I, I may have mentioned it previously that we, we are a, a spirit and our, it's housed in a soul, which is our mind, our will and emotions, and we live in a body. Some people call this our earth suit. I think I've spoken about that before. This isn't really us. And I like saying this, that's not you, Pastor Pete. This isn't you. That's not really you. The real you is your spirit and your soul. And so when we first get saved, something dynamic happens is that the person of the Holy Spirit comes in and connects with our spirit. And my first scripture, 1 Corinthians 6.17, is he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So the moment that oneness with the Holy Spirit and our spirit took place, a mighty force was released. And that force within us is called the anointing. That's what I like to speak about today. And there's two types of the anointing I like to speak about. We start with the inner anointing that is received at salvation or when you're saved or born again or give your heart to Jesus. And then we progress to the outer anointing, which is for service. And that's only for people who God trusts with it. Like once you've been faithful with God for a while. So my two points are, number one is the abiding anointing. That's one of the types of anointing. And, the, and the second, my second scripture is 1 John 2.27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, and is not a lie, and is just as, sorry, the clock's in the way there. I'll agree that. Um, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. So this anointing is for living. This is what we're, call, we're sp speaking about. The uh, Everyone say the abiding anointing. Well done. So it's an anointing for living. It's the inner anointing. And it's working from within you to deepen your fellowship with God. So it provides grace to continue in the things of God as he dwells in you. Cool. Point number two, the empowering anointing. Can anyone say the empowering anointing? Okay. That's the one we want to get to today. And everyone's it's more excited about that one. Okay. And my next scripture is Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be 
witnesses or my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the empowering anointing affects your ministry and the gifts of the Spirit on your life. This is an anointing for service. So the gifts of the Spirit are 1 Corinthians 12. That's called the nine gifts of the Spirit, if you haven't heard that before. Now, I wanted to share a story relating to the empowering anointing when I, in 2013 when I went to Fiji. And some of you may know um, Pastor Nick Watson, who's come here a few times. Uh, I've used to, he used to be my pastor, and a friend of the family, and now I've, in recent years I've travelled the world with him pre-COVID and we used to minister together for, for many years. And we went to, over to Fiji and stayed in this, I'm trying to condense this story, I could do a nine-hour sermon on Fiji. But so much happened. And I just went over to assist him. I had no notes. I had a Bible, I think, and my whatever they call those shots for mosquitoes. And well, the weird thing was, you know how you get all the, $185 worth of shots before you go to Fiji, one of those countries, and then you put on your, your insect repellent, and you're thinking, oh, okay, one of those mozzies gets me. He's got no chance. And someone's talking to me, and they go, uh, Paul, you've got a mosquito right there. I'm like, oh, have I? Oh, okay, cool. You know. So anyway. Just, just for effect, that, that's setting the scene of the story. So we're in a one-star hotel in Fiji, me and Pastor Nick Watson, being roomies once again. And it, I think Fiji is two hours ahead of us. So, And Pastor Nick said, well, you know, bless the Lord, we have to get up tomorrow and do a six-hour bus trip. So let's just and let, you better, be get, better get to sleep. And it was 8.30 Fiji time, which is 6.30 our time. So for me as an ex-muso, that's like, I don't know, asking someone to go to bed at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, I just say, we just shut out the lights, 6.30 or 6.30 Australian time, 8.30 Fiji time. And the phone rang. And, we could, and I could, you know, it was kind of, you hear this crackling thing. And I could hear this voice just sort of saying, pasta. And I'm going, sorry, I can't hear you. And they're going, pasta, pasta. I'm going, look, we can't hear you. Sorry, we're in bed sleeping. Um, can you call back tomorrow? And, Anyway, and they rang back, and they they call back again, and the same thing, just sort of pasta, pasta. I'm going, sorry, we, we can't hear you. We're in bed. Um, Nick Watson said to call back tomorrow. Anyway, so and Pastor Nick, if some of you know him, he just said, well, you know, Paul, pull, pull pull the thing out of the wall. It'll, anyway, so we pulled. We weren't going to let the devil stop us sleeping, so so to speak. And the next thing, there was a knock at the door, and it was a lady named. Um, Bishop Hingis, I think her name was, and a pastor from Fiji called Enoch. A lot, a lot of people, um, pastors called Enoch in Fiji. I got, on, on my phone, there's Pastor Enoch from Fiji, lots of them. And we, and, and the, that's who knocked at the door. And then some ladies from next door, in the room next door, in our team came forward, uh, or sorry, came into our room because they, they heard that we we're awake. And they said, Oh, Pastor Nick, uh, we need you to come pray for a, a, do a healing meeting tomorrow. And Pastor Nick's like, well, no, you didn't get Mac. And if I do his mannerisms, that's just how I, it's, yeah, this is him if you know him. He goes, well, you know, you didn't get back to me. So, you know, I've got, I'm already booked, but, but Paul's written some books. He can go. I said, sure. And, and, and Vicky, she'll, she'll go with him. He's just, um, yeah, that'll be fine. They go, oh, yes, Paul, oh, he'll be great. I'm thinking, really? <laughs> anyway, and, but the thing is, you've got this abiding um, of anointing when you say, but when you've got this empowering anointing, so that's what it is. I wasn't going there just as, how can I explain this? When you go out ministering on the streets or whatever you're doing, we're not just going there as 
a normal church person. We're going as a man and woman of God, and you get that empowering anointing, and that's what gets us through. And what happened that night? was Pastor Nick said, well, you know, I'm going back to sleep. You can go in the bathroom and write your message. It was like super hot, no aircon in the bathroom in Fiji. That's hot. And I, uh, I don't know if I should say this, sitting on the loo, literally, uh, writing my message in this country I don't know, for a town, a village I don't know, people I don't know, don't know how many are going to be there. I'm getting words of knowledge and write the sermon. Anyway, so you can, at least you can say, I got the message from the throne. Anyway, just a joke. Sorry. Anyway. And well, I missed out my dad joke constitution last week so anyway and so what I did was I wrote my message woke up the next day getting back to the story so day one this is what I wrote in my journal day one is I tag team preached uh, for an hour and a half and there was 20 confirmed healings and one salvation so you might think one salvation but that's like all the angels in heaven rejoice when one person comes back to God and so I'm, I'm condensing this down best I can. And day two, I prayed for the chief of the village, which was a lady, and I think it was before the meeting, and I anointed her, the, the chief of the village, and her eye was healed. So she asked me to pray for her other eye, which was awesome. And and this time, the first time I prayed for, say, the whole congregation, and there was literally 20 confirmed healings that we know of. And then in the second meeting, I asked the people to get into to pairs. Oh, firstly, what I did is I did an altar call and I imparted the gift of healing to people and just and I prayed for them and I just said, now everyone get into pairs and instead of me praying for you, you can pray for each other. And normally, I'm not sure if you ever feel ripped if that happens, you know, a speaker comes from another country and they're like, why don't you get in pairs and pray for each other? They're like, dude, I wanted the dude who smells good from the other, co-, you know. Anyway, and the thing is that, that day we actually had, where is it? 30 confirmed healings and three salvations. And then after that, I went through the village praying for people as well. So if you're going to be used by God to minister to others, you're going to need the empowering anointing. So that wasn't me, that was God. And I thought that was a cool story to be able to explain. Not me, that was you, God. And my next scripture, 1 Samuel 10 is, Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and be turned into another man, and let it be, when the signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. So that's what I did over in Fiji. So that means the empowering anointing is yours. Do as you feel led to do. This is why God needs to trust us first before he places the empowering anointing on us. Okay? Amen? So that's, that's some things I was doing in that meeting. I was doing as I felt led of the occasion to do. They, the pastor asked me to speak. And I felt led, like this morning I came up, had a couple of words, I did as I felt led to do, that's the powering anointing. And the next thing I want to move along to as we change gears is words of knowledge. And as I said before, that's 1 Corinthians 12, but I haven't got that up on the screen. So I started uh, receiving words of knowledge when I began coming faithfully to the pre-service prayer meeting. So we have them, we used to have them upstairs, are they in the back now, Pastor Peter, or 8 to 9 or 8.30 to 9? Okay, see Pastor Pete after the meeting or Dave Siler. And so when I used to start coming to the pre-service prayer meetings, that's where um, God started to just uh, just give me little words of knowledge and that. And and I, I'd share in one of the prayer meetings. I'd say, yeah, I, I, I just have this sensation or this thing. And I'd say, I feel like someone's got a problem with their knee, that God's going to heal in this meeting. And 
no one said anything. And then after the the prayer meeting before the service started, uh, Nick Watson was my pastor, and he said, "Well, you know, Paul, he, why don't you um, why don't you share that that uh, the word about the word of knowledge uh, sometime in the meeting? I'll call you up." And so what happened? This is how I started receiving words of knowledge. Is I got up and shared this word. I think it was about knee. It's a long time ago. A lot of words of knowledge ago. Um, and I got up and shared this word. People believed it. They responded. And guess what? They got healed. But God healed them. So how, give God a hand. That's awesome. Yeah. I never want to take credit for it. Because um, I remember one time, um, I won't say that. I'll keep going. And so that's what's called. So as I continue to pray for people, then uh, God started revealing more to me. So sometimes, not every time, but if I pray for someone, God will reveal something about the person, like a word of encouragement or whatever. So the, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit, uh, the lines can be blurred. They, they, all, they all flow together. And this is what's called a kairos, or in the Greek, chronos moment. And the exact time the soil is moist for a miracle. So when sometimes, in my experience, it's not just for healing. You know, it, there can be another reason why a preacher shares a word of knowledge. You know, it's something only God knows that he wants to address in someone's life. And the word of knowledge also sparks your faith for a miracle. Because God can heal anyone, anytime, anywhere. You can pray for yourself. And one, one time, I don't think I've... Yeah, there's a message I have about authority that I want to teach as well, how we can actually take authority over sickness in our own bodies as well. But the thing is, when other people pray for you, that word of knowledge is something that God shares and you know it's for you. I'm not sure if that's ever happened to anyone, that someone shares a word and it just hits you between the eyes, so to speak, and you just think, whoa, how did that... You just you know that was for you. You think... Anyway, <clears throat> my next scripture is Luke 24, 32. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So when we feel burning, we feel burning many times when God gives us a word of prophecy. And, but we must wait for the right moment to release it. So you must, like you feel like you've got something to say. We're having a prayer meeting today at five o'clock here in the church and we, you can't get a lot of words from God. You know, we're a Pentecostal church, but we just have to know, even though we've got something from God, the point I wanted to make is we have to wait for the right... You might have the word, but that timing right in that second, just because you got it, the timing may be wrong. But So it won't affect people in the way God intended. So we just need to keep quiet. I know it's hard sometimes, especially for me, but a lot of the time, like when I'm in a prayer meeting, um, how can I say this? When I'm in a prayer meeting, say what we're going to do today at five o'clock, we do a one-hour prayer meeting. And what I do is I could basically prophesy the whole prayer meeting and just say words from God the entire time and not so much hog it from people, but God just speaks to you the entire time. Or if you're new to that, you know, you might just feel just one little thing and God will develop that. And so what I do is I'll actually have my foot on the brake for prophecy more than I do on the accelerator. Does that make sense? So rather than having to just say, okay, you got a word from me, God? Got a word from me, God? Pastor Pete, he's going to look at me. Yes, I got one from God. It's more like I got my foot on the brake and just say, okay, what's that other person praying? And I just wait for the right timing. Or maybe you don't even have to share it that day. Sometimes I can share a word. You can share it the next Sunday, the next week, next month. I've had, I've had words for people. When we do these meetings overseas, we start working on our messages uh, weeks and months out and we can get a word for someone and it just 
and we, you get a, it's so amazing you go to another country and you think, wow, that person had a problem with their eye and, and God gave that to me months ago. So what I'm trying to say is just because God gives it, hopefully that's not too harsh, but just because God gives it to you right away, it may not be the right time. We've just got to wait for that right time. And the best way to do that is ask God. Just say, God, is this word for me? Or are you just saying it to me? Because sometimes I believe that happens. You know, someone will say, I shouldn't be drinking so many monster drinks. Sorry, I just saw that. So <laughs> I shouldn't be drinking so many monster drinks. Maybe I'll tell God's saying, don't drink so many monster drinks in church or something. You know what I mean? But really, that word was for you. Sorry, just joking, Braden. Anyway, it's all good. And, or you can say, Lord, is this word for me? Or is this word for someone else? Or is this word for the whole church? And the best way to, to discern from those, and discernment something I want, to, I want to speak about too one day, is that I feel like the church really needs is to be able to discern that, you know, just to know whether, you know, you're going through stuff. Is this of God? Is this of the enemy? You know, is this just a natural thing? That's discernment. You're knowing the difference between the different things that are going on in your life. Striving, um, striving doesn't get God to move either, by the way. And, but the good news is, and someone, you may have heard this, me say this before, something always happens when we pray. Can we just all say that? Something always happens when we pray. And say, that means me. Say, that means me. Yeah, that means you, not me, you. <laughs> like when you pray, not just when uh, Pastor Pete or someone on the platform prays, something always happens when you pray. And the laying on of hands is a very powerful way to release our faith for a miracle and that's why we have an altar call and give people an opportunity it's not so much getting God to move it's just getting it's a a point of contact that's Acts 19 and I can read that one now to you now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. So I have a quick story. We're just we're moving towards the end because I know we've got to do a baptism. I said that in my last sermon. Last time I preached, we did baptism too. What's up with that? Must be a God thing. And I have a story about the point of contact in Acts 19 um, where when I was in Fiji, we had I did the, the meeting the first day, and then the second day there was a – before the meeting, some people – uh, Fijian people bought me some baby's clothes and they said, Pastor Paul, uh, these, I'm not really a pastor, but that's what they, they call me. Uh, and they said, Pastor Paul, uh, these babies are very sick in ICU. And you said that the Apostle Paul used to lay his hands on um, handkerchiefs and people were healed. And I said, sure. And that, like I preached it. They received it and believed it. And now they're getting me to act on it. Like these guys are teaching me about faith. And so what happened is, I, I prayed over these babies' clothes as best I can. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to pray over them. It's, it just said, you know, the cloths touched Paul. Um, what did it exactly say? Um, so that even handkerchiefs were brought from his body to the sick. So maybe you could have a handkerchief in your pocket if it's clean. Put it on someone. I've done that before, believe it or not. Uh, a couple of times, actually. And what happened was, by the end of that, so then I, I prayed over these babies' clothes. I don't know what happened in the ICU, but God healed them. And by the end of the meeting, the babies were healed out of ICU, and they bought me more babies' clothes to pray for. That's How awesome is that? Give God a hand clap. That's awesome. Yeah. It's all God. I don't want to take credit for that. It's just God is good. And so as I start to finish up now, the empowering anointing is the only anointing we can impart. So I can't lay hands on someone. Anyway. The empowering anointing is the only anointing we can impart. You can't, I can't lay hands on someone and say, be saved. 
But I can lay hands on someone um, and impart the, one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, this is the anointing God rubs on you. The word anointing means to rub in or to smear. It's one of the meanings of it. So there are times when God wants us to impart the empowering anointing to others by laying on of hands. But we have to carefully and prayerfully do this. We can't just, just say, oh, we've got this thing and Paul said, I can impart that to people. So you just go and willy-nilly, for want of a better term, praying for people. We need to be carefully and prayerfully doing that. And can I just get the um, musos to come back if that's okay and just play quietly? That'll be great. I know we went a little bit long today. I'm just going to finish up soon, I promise. Babies are crying, so it's all happening. So just like um, I imparted the gift of healing to the people at the end of the Fijian meeting and they all got into prayers and prayed for each other uh, and they had even more uh, miracles when they prayed for each other. And I said to them, the thing is like, I went there and then suddenly they asked me to preach. I wasn't ready for that and I did it and things happened. And then all of a sudden they were praying for, for each other and things happened. And I said to them, see, I'm not special. There's, just because I came from Australia and I'm preaching doesn't mean... It's anything special about you, you can do it too. That's why I was saying today, when you, when you pray, something always happens. When you pray, something always happens. So the anointing of healing, where am I? Okay, I'm just going to finish up with divine health. I have two minutes. Divine health, because it was in the heading. I better speak about it. Divine health is, to live in divine health is we need to resist um, sin, the same, resist sickness the same way we resist sin. So they are twins from the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3. When sin came into the world, so did sickness. Adam and Eve were never crook before that, as they say in Australia, or we say in Australia. So the anointing of healing flows together with the anointing for divine health. So when you start coming to church more and start coming to the prayer meetings more, and I'm selling them this morning, but it's part of my job too. That's, we used to do, Nick Watts and I used to do weekends where we used to teach about the gifts of healing uh, gifts of the spirit so when the more you come to church in these prayer meetings you'll find you won't start getting sick as much and um, that anointing rubs off onto you and there's a thing what's called that um, I think I must have missed somewhere there's a thing called cross-pollination as well where you get together with other people in a prayer meeting and their gifts of the spirit and your gifts of the spirit flow together and they, they rub off on you it's called cross-pollination and just remember faith doesn't stack up it needs to be replenished faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want an example, you can say, oh, I went to that conference two years ago and I'm still full. But the word says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't stack up. It needs to be replenished. Like after this today, I'm going to get back into my own faith walk and I'm giving everything I can to you, y'all today. If Caitlin was here, she knows that word, y'all. Okay, so healing, as I finish now, healing is the heartbeat of God. When we get close to him, he, we will experience the anointing of healing. Amen? So if you just want to close your eyes now, I just um, feel like I had a couple of words. It just the band plays quietly. Um, bless you guys. You, you guys are so anointed today. Uh, is, was Del here? She was here. Oh, yeah, Del's here. Yeah, um, the, the band's just going to play quietly, and we're going to open up the altar soon. But just while we've got your eyes closed, I just want to just ask you right now, as, as Pastor Pete was talking this morning about, you know, um, the lost... Um, the prodigal son who came back to his father and he didn't have to be clean first he just took his son the way he was and put that robe of righteousness on him so I just feel if, if there's people here today and you've never made that decision like that Lord 
I know you're real, but I've never really just made you Lord over my life. You know, and you just want to walk with him, like I said, with that um, abiding anointing and just walk with him and have fellowship with him every day. If you just want to slip out the front, we'll pray. We just want to pray for you, uh, myself and the ministry team. And also, if you feel like you're, you've been away from God, uh, like Holly shared an awesome testimony today, how she was on track and got off track. That happened to me. That happens sometimes. It doesn't mean doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you know you kind of lost your way like the prodigal son. So if you just were once following God, maybe you could... Um, just slip out the front and just, it's what's called rededication. You can rededicate your life to God. Thank you.